The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome, welcome, joyful ones. I hope you've had a week of meaningful self-reflection. I hope you've stolen some quiet moments to be with yourself, deepening your practice of loving you and honoring you right where you are. Today we're going to tie together some of the work that we've been doing so far and to start us off, to bring us all into a beautiful elevated space together, I want to read this lovely piece by S.C. Lowry who was here with us last week. She writes, I just want a simple life, one where clocks mean very little and I walk slow because I like listening to my breath and the apples fall and I catch a few. And when others do, we both celebrate because joy is a beautiful thing to share in. And envy is a faraway land with nothing living on it. A life where my heart feels tender and I leave it open because I'm not scared to trip over my dreams. Where I follow my longing to touch beyond me into another soul and care no longer for what others may say about it. Where laughter feels like music and everything else feels like music and I let my heart sing whenever it wants to. I let it be silent too. Where I no longer listen to the rushes of the world and tap my feet bravely to the drum inside me. And I forget where I am because the dance of my soul has me captivated and I move to music maybe no one else will ever hear, but no matter because I am lost in the moment. I am home, no longer needing anything but today's love. Where wind plays upon the grasses of my heart and the butterfly lands on my shoulder and any limping I do is because I got drunk on life and I loved like there was no tomorrow and no yesterday either. Mm, Yes, that's the tone I was after. What would living simply mean to you? How would the rest of your day today or your week or even your month, how would it be different if you were committed to that sort of quietude and self-honoring? I'm going to give you just a moment now with that question. 
Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26 at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah, I feel it. I hope you go back to that question throughout your day today. We need to be deliberate about carving out these moments for ourselves. We're the only ones who can be our own heroes this way. It's up to us. So that piece I just read was by S.C. Lowry, last week's guest on this podcast. I'm going to be bringing in guests more regularly now, now that I've laid out a bit of the joy training foundation that I needed to share with you. And if you've been listening sequentially, you know my fancy term, kerklunk. That's the word I use to describe a concept that just lands meaningfully with a thud right in your heart, where it becomes a part of you and you can never go back. And a lot of times it's going to be a concept that you've heard a bunch of times before. But even if you intellectually agree with it, while it's still just up in your headspace, it can't do much to elevate your vibration and raise your set point for joy. It's only with the ever-deepening kerklunks that you get from experiencing these truths from different angles and different perspectives over and over again that you can effectively, sustainably raise your joy set point. Because let's face it, most of the contents of our day-to-day lives Most of it is not this. It's not what we do here together. One of my joy schoolers came up with an analogy that I love. Remember when you were a little kid and you and your friends would scurry around the kiddie pool in a circular motion to get a little whirlpool action going so that eventually you could just kind of sit back and ride that swirly wave you'd created around and around the little pool? The momentum would just carry you, right? Well, unfortunately... There's a lot of muggle life out there that creates a pretty powerful, unpleasant current. And it is easy, easy, easy to get carried in that ever-present current that's just not doing anything for your joy, darlings. The the current of regular day-to-day existence out there can be pretty exhausting and pretty draining. In gathering you here for this podcast every week, I'm offering you a consistent tool for grabbing onto the edge of the kiddie pool and disengaging from that joy-thieving current. Because returning again and again to high vibration content with your high vibe tribe is what will allow you to create a different countercurrent, one that serves your joy, your peace, your inherent well-being that you are at your core. So that's why I'll be integrating more superstar guests from here on out. We'll be continuing with your ongoing joy training and talking to lots of related experts along the way so that you can hear the same ideas through different perspectives, different filters, and often it will be different ideas as well. But all of that just serves to deepen your practice, get the Kirklunks going. Sound good? So I want to address the home play you've been doing all these recent weeks because it's all been designed to bring you to a rather large aha 
that I'm hoping will kerklunk for you in a meaningful way today. Are you ready? You're going to become aware today of what I call your ipso facto switch. So set an intention right now that this clarity is going to present itself to you. Good. Okay. You know I believe in setting those intentions. Setting an intention seems like a little step. It can be a huge step, and that's for anything that you're wanting to create in your life. So just to briefly, briefly recap the main points we've covered so far, you have a filter of beliefs completely unique to you that determines how you're perceiving everything. It powerfully colors every single thing you experience, attract, and create every single thought that you have. You created this filter when you were very young based on some inaccurate assumptions you made from your understandably emotionally immature perspective. You've continued to find and create evidence for these erroneous beliefs your entire life largely due to your filter, because that's just what we do. There are 400 billion bits of information available to you in any given moment. And your little human brain is only capable of making sense of about 50 of them at a time, darling. Which 50 bits land in your awareness to be experienced as your reality is determined by this filter. It's like a blinder. You're seeing reality through a keyhole and your keyhole isn't lined up with anyone else's keyhole. No two people are experiencing the same reality. Okay, so if you want the full story on any of that, you'll need to go back and listen to the first few podcasts. This was just your super brief reminder sum up so we can move forward from there. So in your Joy Bomb home play, You've been paying attention to your feelings, working on honoring and embracing all of them, not resisting them, decoding the messages they're here to deliver. And you've been practicing going inward, feeling your energy body, just dropping from your headspace down into your heart space. You've practiced noticing that your feelings aren't really the direct result of anything that happens. Your feelings are the result of the meaning that you make of a thing that happens. I hope you're up to speed on that practice because that's where you're going to discover your very own personal ipso facto switch. Ipso facto is a Latin phrase meaning by the very fact. And what I want you to become aware of is that you draw ipso facto conclusions all day long. And your personal ipso facto switch is the product of erroneous, joy-robbing beliefs that are presently mucking up your personal perception filter. This feels like a good time for some examples. Okay, one of my joy schoolers just demonstrated her ipso facto switch with this situation she was having with her husband. I won't get into the whole story, but in a nutshell, He was careless with an object that meant a lot to her. He knew it meant a lot to her, but he failed to keep it safe and protected. 
it was very clear and obvious to this joy schooler that he didn't care about her feelings, didn't value her, maybe to an extent didn't love her. This is a super common flavor of an ipso facto switch. And the equation basically goes, they did XYZ thing, therefore, ipso facto, by that fact, they don't care about me. Another joy schooler came to a similar conclusion recently when a friend stood her up for a lunch date. Conclusions similar to these are drawn all the time about forgotten birthdays, casual jokes or remarks that could be interpreted in demeaning or dismissive ways. Another flavor of ipso facto is no one's buying my product, liking my social media posts, or giving me the good projects at work. Therefore, ipso facto, by this fact, it follows my product is no good, I'm no good, I'm not likable, I'm failing again. You get the picture. Another example might be as simple and common as being cut off by a driver on the road and your ipso facto switch coming to the irrefutable conclusion that people are jerks or people are idiots or just the world is scary and unpredictable. All of these events I'm mentioning are just that, just events. They're things that happened. We actually have no idea why any of these things happened. There are countless possible reasons for things like this to occur. The ensuing pain is the result of the meanings that are ascribed to the events. The guy on the road might have been having a stroke. We don't know. When your ipso facto switch is flipped on, it's super hard to see any other possibilities. It feels like the conclusion that you've come to is the only clear and obvious conclusion to be drawn. But listen carefully, that is never the case. It is simply never the case that the way you are looking at a particular event or circumstance is the only way that it can be perceived. We want to keep the world tidy and neat by fitting everything that happens into our pre-established categorization system. But for most of us, unless we have a carefully curated, deliberately upgraded system, this is to our massive disadvantage. We do a little trick in joy school where we take an event, a circumstance, a thought, a conversation, any triggering item at all, and we pretend it's a statue. You're standing in front of the statue, let's say. You can see it clearly from where you're standing. You can describe it. You see all these details about it. It feels super real and concrete, this statue that you're looking at. But if you walked around it a quarter of the way, you'd see parts of the statue that you couldn't see before from where you were standing. And if you walked all the way around to the back side of the statue, you might see something entirely different from the thing you thought you were seeing so clearly just moments before when you were standing in front of it. This is how it is for every single thing that's bothering you. There's always more than you can see. How could that not be true when there are 400 billion bits of information swirling around you in every moment and you're only processing 50 of those bits based on where your tiny keyhole is positioned? 
in a sense, all of this should be obvious to you. But I want you to tap into that kerklunked sense where it's a little mind-blowing. Because you do this in your life. We all do. And it becomes the water we swim in so we don't see it. What you're going to do this week, a practice that represents the culmination of all your prior Joy Bomb home play, is begin to notice when your ipso facto switch is flipped on. And then, wise evolved you, you'll have the option to flip it off. Not flip it off. You know what I mean. Switch. Switch it off. Or maybe flip it off. Yeah, that fits too. Flip it off. You're going to observe your default pattern of perception. When a thing happens and it feels like that thing brings up a negative feeling in you, what flavor of negative is it? Does it make you feel undervalued, unseen, unworthy? Does it confirm your suspicion that the world sucks and gets suckier all the time? Does it say something specifically disappointing about humanity, about your loved ones, your partner, about you? You're going to notice the distinction between the thing that happened in itself and the meaning that you gave it. And that's how you find out what your particular ipso facto switch does and how it's coloring your experience of reality in these unnecessarily joy-robbing ways. Are there incredibly optimistic, positive people out there with an ipso facto switch that's working in their favor? Sure, probably. There are people who are always going to, by default, consistently choose the best, most optimistic belief available in any situation. And guess what? They're creating amazing lives for themselves. But most of us, for all the reasons I've already laid out in prior podcasts, tend to have an ipso facto switch that's not in keeping with the joyful, blissful lives we came here to live. I've talked to y'all about the built-in negativity bias, the confirmation bias that keeps us creating and attracting evidence to shore up those unhappy beliefs we formed about ourselves and the world, the conformity bias that drags us down, pulling us into that whirlpool current of muggle life that I referenced earlier. All of these contribute to us drawing negative conclusions about ourselves and others and our place in the world when there are equally valid and true interpretations that would serve our higher good and greatest joy. It feels like these negative assumptions keep us safe. They don't. They keep us focused on what we don't want and the more attention we spend there, the more certain it is that we'll create more and more of what we don't want. We have to become the observer of that weird dynamic, that assumption that keeping our eye on the danger will keep us safe from it. That was true back when the danger was a saber-toothed tiger. That's why we have this default setting, but it's not true for the lives we live today. We have to guard against that tendency by becoming the observer of it. Awareness is the golden ticket, my love bugs. Not just intellectual awareness, which you probably have around this concept, but a kerklunked awareness that lets you right there in the red hot moment, pull back 
and say, ah, look at that. Look at how I'm interpreting this event. It sure does feel like there's no other rational way to interpret it. I feel my body chemistry kicking up and all that. But maybe that's just because my ipso facto switch is flipped on. Let me see if I can deliberately turn it off. Let me see if I can make this thing a statue and walk around it. Maybe there's another truth, another equally likely perspective that I could subscribe to that would raise my vibration instead of pulling it down. It takes practice. It's so habituated for us to do the opposite of this that it just takes repetition and deliberate effort, but it's such a game changer. And the part that you really want to practice is the recognition that your bad feeling assumption is just as likely to be wrong as it is to be right, no matter how strong the feeling it's generating in that moment. In most cases, the strength of the feeling is an indicator of how off base the assumption actually is. You're not asking yourself to do positive thinking. You're asking yourself to do more accurate thinking. It just doesn't feel that way in the moment. And you want to watch for patterns. Most of us have just a few top ipso facto switches. They get flipped over and over. They're the natural extension of our bucket beliefs. Some super common ones include people can't be trusted. I'm not good enough. They don't love me. I'm powerless in a scary world. They're out to get me. Someone's trying to take what's mine. I have to hide who I really am in order to be accepted or loved. Those are just some of the biggies you might recognize. If you keep your understanding of this dynamic in the forefront of your mind this week, you'll spot it in other people. (laughs) It's a lot easier to spot in other people, especially your spouse or partner. Don't bother even pointing it out to them. They're not ready to hear it. Share the link to this podcast. Tell them to start at the beginning. We're still only like six in at this point. But you're ready. You've been inching toward this powerfully evolved moment when you can step into that observer role, observing your own joy-robbing dynamics and action, and taking the steps to begin habituating a new pattern, a new way of being. Remember, everything out there in your external landscape that you want to be different, where does that change happen? It doesn't stand a chance of happening out there until it happens in here. It's all about the energy you bring to your life, darling. You are an energetic creature operating in an energetic world, and you're ready to start taking control of that now. This one isn't an inherently fun joy bomb home play, but I challenge you to have fun with it this week anyway. Remember that you're just pushing pieces around the game board. Try to laugh at yourself. It's all funny, really. We human creatures are so bizarre and silly and laughable. All the ways we get in the way of our own natural joy that's always there for us. We'll keep pulling these things up into the light of our awareness so that we can set them aside so that we can be our free, naturally joy-filled selves. I hope it's shifting for you already. I want you to see that for most of your life, you've been turning lemonade into lemons. The lemonade is all around you for the taking. 
and you've begun shifting your vibration to let it in. Hold on to your hats because we're just getting started, my love bugs. I have an exciting guest to share with you next week. So just please continue to subscribe, like, share, review this still new Do Joy podcast. You're welcome to join me on Facebook at Lisa McCourt Author. And of course, you're welcome to join us in the Oasis community where we support one another in these powerful practices every week by coming together for live sharing and loving and spiraling to ever bigger kerklunks. Have a deeply beautiful week, darling. I'll see you soon. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Much love. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.